The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Missions, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. Hi, Scott McClelland for your FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thanks for being here. We're excited to be rejoined today with a friend of some years. I'm not saying anything about our age, but <laughs> here we are again with Dr. Noah Manika, a friend of mine from back east. I guess the Carolinas are east, wouldn't you say that? Yes, sir. <laughs> from <Welcome>. the east. <laughs> yes, from the east. Even further east than that further is where east. you hail from. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I am and from uh, Zimbabwe, if people can find it on the map. <laughs> yes. Immediately north of South Africa, I think. That's right. Yep. Shares right. a border it's, with South Africa? Yes. Our southern border uh -huh. is, so South Africa is to the south, and we're yeah, immediately to the north of ah, South Africa. Very, in south, very good. In South Central Africa. That, that region is called South Central Africa. Okay. For so many of us, I've been to Africa, I think, five times, but... Many of us in the States will not have been in Africa. We underestimate the scope of space that the continent Africa takes up. Well, I think we think it fits inside the U.S. Maybe it's about that size. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a huge continent. It's a huge continent. And, and I, you know, when people talk about Africa, they just, it's almost like it's one country, right. you know. But the number of people from West Africa in the United States because it's nearer to the yes. U.S., uh, so a lot of people will meet you and they'll think, oh, they'll ask me, do you know so-and-so? And, and I say, where is he from? He says, he's Nigerian. And I say, well, Nigeria is not close to Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> but but you can understand, you know, it's a yeah. big world and people have their own concerns. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Well, I'll be back in Kenya very soon. Maybe by the time this publishes, I will have already returned. But awesome. I, I often go to Kenya and or have gone over the years, maybe I think five times since 2008. I've got to say it has been a real education for me. I'm very thankful for that. I know the way of life differs in Africa by yes. region, but there's also some enduring realities also in the way of, of life in Africa. Yeah, of course. So of I'm, course. Yeah, I'm I mean, thankful we... to be learning about that. Yeah, you know, we have a colonial heritage that is common to most African countries. And in fact, with Kenya, Kenya used to be a British colony and Zimbabwe used to be a British colony as well. So, yeah, you have those commonalities of colonial, uh, the colonial past, mm -hmm. the institutions which were built and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Yes. Well, I was thankful to be able to join you for your, was this, this was your second doctorate that you were uh, receiving? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, it was a doctorate in transformational leadership and it wasn't because I just love to put myself through the pain of getting <laughs> educated. But, uh, you know, over the years, you know, in the kind of work that we're involved with, Scott, you almost have to put yourself in a situation which obligates you to study. Mm. And not just study the word of God, but study what else is going on in the world, which you can apply the principles of the word of God to. And mm. so that was the really the the reason for me was I wanted to obligate myself to study transformational leadership in depth. Yes. And, and that's what I did. To me, that's so honorable. Lifelong learning is an aspiration of my own. And I think you're a great example for us. You've continued to learn, even though, you know, sometimes it can be a real challenge for us once yeah. we've learned to think we don't know everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's very true. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in fact, that's uh, what you discover, though. If you're really doing what the Lord called you to do and you are on the front line of leadership, as it were, you're going to discover that there's a lot that you don't know. Education just helps you position yourself so that you can then take on these new adventures in life. And so when you're re realizing, I don't know that much, but I have the tools to know more. Mm. And that's what education does. It just gives you the tools to be able to make the most of knowing what you're supposed to do to deal with things that you're not familiar with. Mm. You know. Amen, bro. Amen. I'm thankful for your pursuit. Obviously, all that we're learning, as you put it there, is intended to leverage our capacity to fulfill the plan of God for our yes. lives, the calling of God for our lives. So that you said that with clarity. It resonates here, and I appreciate it. We're going to be talking, and it may take us a few sessions to get through this, hmm. I'm guessing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the seven principles for the model that I guess you dug into as a result of your, or you may, maybe you developed these as a result <laughs> of your study there in the transformational leadership. Yes. What are those principles? And then we'll start to unpack some of those. Yeah. So basically, Scott, one of the things that has troubled me over the years is um, when you look at faith-based organizations and faith-based leaders is there is so much that is going on around us, but what is it that make us remove us from the picture as agenda setters uh, for what's going on in our communities. So uh, part of my study was trying to really dig into that because at the heart of it, I actually believe that God created us human beings with the capacity to prevail. So when you look at Genesis 128, you know, and he's talking about having dominion and all that, that's prevailing, mm -hmm. you know. Yes. So God yes. created us with the capacity to prevail. And now if you know the word of God and you're called by God and given an assignment by God, and we know those assignments to have two sides. So there's the cultural mandate that you see in Genesis 128, you know, man having dominion over all things. And then there's the great commission. Those two mandates require us to prevail, to advance the kingdom. So the Lord just gave me this. You know, it wasn't because I'm smart or anything. It was just the Lord really uh, using that word for me to understand the components of this idea of prevailing. And mm. prevail basically is an acronym for prevailing. Presence is the P. Mm -hmm. The R is relevance, uh, so relevant presence. And then the mm -hmm. E relates to exploring 
the exploratory nature of our humanity. So exploring presence and then the validating presence where, you know, as a human being and as a leader, you validate the divinity in people. So you are not just doing the A which follows, which is alleviating, but you're mm. validating their capacity to transform their own circumstances and so on, because they do have uh, the innate capacity to do that. And then I is inspiring presence and L uh, for leveraging. So the model, the prevail model is a model for building a culture of sustained social innovation. You know, if we can actually build that culture of sustained uh, or social innovation in our community organizations, in our churches, we are not going to be following behind Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos. We are going to be leading Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos and all these mm. other guys. Because that's yeah. the way we are supposed to be as children of God. Yes. Agreed. Heartily agree with that. At times, we struggle to find the examples of this fulfillment of the calling mm -hmm. that we have. But we are called by God. I mean, God most high. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's no close second to the one we're called by. I mean, yes. you know, that is a differentiator, I think, that we suffer we suffer with a small mindedness when it comes mm -hmm. to the fact that the creator God who set everything in motion is the one who called us and empowered us to yeah. complete his plan in this environment. We all have a plan, but all of our plans and dreams and callings fit inside of his calling. Yeah, absolutely. And before yeah. we even get to him calling us and because I actually think that the call of God that we refer to is part two. Part one is we were made by him in his image. Mm. And, and so this is where we are primed for success because we were made by him in his image. And then when we are called by him, we are acting on his authority with the capacity that he gave us, acting on God's authority with the capacity that he gave us. Wow. I live in a town which is an interesting town. I just had, so in fact, after we met in Dallas, I was then asked by the university to teach a nine-week course in transformational leadership. I fact, to be the professor of record for one of the master's students who is doing an independent study. So last week, I had him come to Charlotte for what we're calling immersion. The reason mm. why I had him come to Charlotte is, Charlotte is a very interesting city. A lot of people don't know that it's the second most powerful financial district after New York. Mm. It is a powerful town. But when you get here, it's a very fat city with a very small waist. So our belt, the 277 loop around the city, you can drive around it in six minutes. So if you come to Charlotte and you just drive around the loop, you're like, I'm in a small city. But then right. if you start digging deep, you realize you are in a city which it, there are so, there's so much going on. I bring that up to say, so a lot of faith-based organizations working in Charlotte, which is a hyper-gentrifying city right now, are mm. being crushed by the forces of change. And a lot of changes are disappearing. A lot of these organizations are becoming irrelevant. And you start asking yourself, why is it that faith-based organizations are not agenda setters? And, and the answer is very simple. Well, they cannot withstand these forces of change. But why? <laughs> why are we not the ones 
prevailing, setting the agenda for the city and stuff like that. So that, in fact, was one of the inspirations for my study and for the development of this model. If we can get to a place like Jesus encouraged us to come to, don't think about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to put on. Mm -hmm. My father's going to take care of those things, but set rather your sights on God's kingdom and his righteousness. Right. I think we're looking low so often. What gets our focus has us, right? What we focus on becomes our preoccupation so often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we have to lift our eyes and be inspired by the fact that God made us in his image with unique capacities. And he has also called us, as you were uh, articulating earlier. Let's begin to dig in here, if we can, Mm -hmm. into some of this model to understand where we can capture the understanding and by way of that, the inspiration to join God in his work in a successful and thriving way. Yeah, I think the thing that has happened to the the practice of the Christian faith, the fatal thing that that, that took root is the split between the secular and the spiritual. Mm -hmm. That split makes it very difficult sometimes for the things that we believe to have social applicability. The idea of reading the word of God and saying it actually applies in every aspect of my life is something that has got to be restored to the church. So I have to literally believe that God created me in his image and gave me the capacity to fulfill the cultural mandate and the Great Commission. I've got to literally believe that. And I've got to literally believe as well that the actual expression of my work is in in very practical ways. So I think that's where things went south is when we split the spiritual from the, and and there's this sacred secular divide that's Mm -hmm. there that people talk about. And it's very, very unfortunate. So Christians are forced to live double lives, you know. So we go to Mm -hmm. church on Sunday and we get our spiritual fix and we go out into a world where the agenda is set by other people and it's got nothing to do with our own faith. So Mm -hmm. then if that's the case, and yet God is the one who created this field in which we must act, in which we must prevail, there's a problem. So, you know, that would take a change in how we teach how we do church and how we practice our Christianity. And that's not easy. It's not easy. True. True. But it's within the realm of possibility. We know that because of God's grace, all things are possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we have to be illuminated. One of my favorite writers, recent history, A.W. Tozer, made a big deal about this sacred secular divide. And he really, I think, helped me in his writings Understand that, you know, if you're doing something as unto the Lord, it can't be anything but a holy act. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Know, there's an application for our faith that doesn't stop at church attendance. Right. And how deceived are we? <laughs> the enemy is really gratified, I think. And our concept of acting on our faith, when it ends at church attendance or tithe or whatever that might be, when we feel like we fulfilled our calling by simply, you know, checking those boxes, right. the enemy has 
really got a lot of power in that space to and, keep and us you, where we are. Exactly. And you know what? I actually think that the, the answer is stating us straight in the face. And it starts with, you go back to the book of Genesis and you look at verse 24 and it says, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing. Uh, and it was so. And, and then you go to verse 25, uh, verse 26, where it says, Then God said, Let's make, let us make many in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on this earth. What has that got to do with church attendance? So <laughs> if you read the Bible and you see what it is literally saying to you, and then in verse 27, it says, So God created men in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. And he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them. So now you start looking at what he said in the cultural mandate. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Uh, you know, what has that got to do with church attendance? Now, I, I don't want to be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Church attendance is important. Fellowship is important. We all know that. But yes. I think what we have done is, and, and I think the overemphasis sometimes on the Great Commission at the expense of the cultural mandate is what creates this huge problem. Because mm. you cannot read a cultural mandate and not come away from it with, oh, my goodness, God really wanted us to have dominion in this life. He did. In, and that was his creative purpose. So if you don't understand God's creative purpose, the very original creative purpose that's contained in the book of Genesis, then our influence in the world is going to diminish. Thanks for joining Dr. Noah Manika and myself for this ongoing conversation on the prevail model of leadership. And check us out next time as the conversation continues. Thanks for being a part of FX Missions Leadership Moment. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.